Hello and welcome to this episode of Coaching Chaos. I have been filled with such love for our Savior. If you need a quick pick-me-up, a quick conference talk, if you're feeling distant from our Father in Heaven, then read this conference talk. It's by Kimby Clark, April 2019. Oh, it is jam-packed goodness. He starts out with the woman who healed her heart. And he spoke to her with love. Assured her of his approval. And blessed her with his peace. I love those stories of the women who reach out to the Savior. Because as I seek to reach out to my Savior, I feel peace instantly. I spoke to a friend through text message who lost her son almost a year ago and I asked her how she was doing and she said oh it is so hard there are some days that are just really hard but I cannot deny the peace that I feel so I'm thinking about her this morning and I pray for her constantly in her family so if anyone wants to have a really good conference talk it's 10 minutes look unto Jesus Christ April 2019 Kim B. Clark in the premortal realm Jesus promised his father that he would do his father's will and be our Savior and Redeemer when his father asked who shall I send Jesus answered here am I send me and Just that right there, five little words that can completely change the direction of our life. That is, we truly seek out our Savior, we will want to continually look at our Father in Heaven and say, here am I, send me. I believe that's probably becoming a motto in my life that as I continually work on things that I, oh, I struggle with, I don't even know where to begin on where I struggle. And we could sit here all day talking about my struggles, but I'm not going to because guess what? My struggles are probably pretty similar to yours, but it doesn't matter what the topic of the struggle is. The bottom line is, is that we all struggle. So in Part of my work and my homework this week in grad school, we had to talk about where we see ourselves in this foundations class that I am in, where I see myself and who I hope to work with once I receive my licensure for marriage and family therapy, and who do I definitely not want to work with. Well, as I began to dissect those feelings and thoughts that I had on who I really would like to work with. I realized that all of the years that I was working with students at the collegiate level, from my time when I was at Utah State to Western Kentucky University to working at Snow College, 
working with students who are coming into school, scholarship students, taking transcripts, admitting them into school, and becoming friends with some of those kids and promoting them to to greatness is, was my hope and every time I talked to them. And now working with these boys at Oxbow Academy who are struggling with porn addiction and problematic sexual behaviors. There were so many times that I spoke to kids when I was working at the colleges and many times they shared their struggles and pain with me. And so you have scholarship students, students entering into college and excited and hopeful for their life and looking forward to college and and their future to these boys who feel like they don't have a future. Many of them are sex offenders. Many of them have been sexually abused. They don't feel like they have much hope, but there is a common thread between both ends of the spectrum. And, and that is, is, is bottom line is they all struggle, deeply struggle. And, and I knew that in working with both kinds of kids who it doesn't matter what the topic is. The bottom line is, is that we all struggle. The bottom line is, is that every single one of us struggle and that there's absolutely no excuse, no reason, none whatsoever as to why we should ever be unkind. Why we should ever judge another because we do not know what their battle is. We've heard that so many times, but it is truth. I love the story of Jesus Christ who saved the woman and he healed her physically. He healed her heart and he spoke to her with love and assured her of his approval. And so that is my goal that when I am doing these podcasts, that I remind myself and I remind you that even though in your struggle, whether it be trial or sin, self-inflicted or put upon you, it is still on your shoulder regardless and you are carrying a heavy burden. And I know that he heals. He heals your heart. He heals mine. And I know that if we were to see him right now, he would speak to us with love and he would assure us of his approval. We cannot look at one another as someone who has committed a sin. We have to not take away the value of the person because it, because our Savior would not. He still loves us for the beautiful son or daughter that we are to our Father in Heaven. And He approves us for all of the efforts that we we put forth. He assures us of His approval. If we seek to find that approval, we will find it. And if you're not feeling like He would truly give you His approval right now, then He will show you what needs to be repaired. I I know that once upon a time as we stood in front of our father and we we chose to come here to this earth, we knew he didn't just send us here blind. 
we knew full well what we were getting ourselves into. He, he, I know prepared us completely. And yet we still stood with our savior and said, here am I, send me, I will go. I will go and I will prove myself to thee so I can return home to thee. I love the scripture in John 8, 29 that says, And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone. And so therefore, therefore, this is how I respond to that. For I do always those things that please him. So over the weekend, as I'm home with my my girls, little things will pop up and, and throughout the week, but I notice that it's one thing right after another when I'm with them in a concentrated amount of time. For example, I wore a shirt all day long and then realized at the end of the day that I just didn't like it, but I had worn it and there was absolutely no flaw about it. I just didn't like it. And so my girl said, Mom, just return it. It served its purpose today. You wore it today and you don't like it, so return it. Well, that's fine, but it's not making me me feel comfortable about it. I have no problem returning things, but I have worn it all day. I don't feel like it can be put back on the shelf. Not that there's a sin in that, but I personally didn't feel justified about returning it. So I don't. And my girls say, oh, mom, you are just always so serious about everything. If you don't like something, just return it. Well, I know that the store says, well, yeah, if we want you to be happy with it. But for some reason, in this particular case, I just didn't feel right about it. Like I'm going to wear it and it's going to serve its purpose. Like I've known people who have worn dresses to weddings and they turn around and return it and got their couple hundred dollars back. It was a situation such as that. And I'm like, no, I don't feel right about it. It has served its purpose, but it just doesn't feel right to return it. And then they they chastise me for that. Mom, come on, you're just so serious all the time. Another example is when you go into restaurants and they tell you that and it's great big science says, go get another cup. Do not use your same cup to refill. So my daughter went and got a second cup and she's like, mom, just refill that one. They won't know that you're, you didn't get a new cup. Then we both have a cup. No, I only paid for one cup. So that's fine. You go get the refill and I'll throw this one away. Oh my gosh, mom, you're so serious. It's just a soda. And I say, well, I'm not going to lose my salvation over a soda. You're not going to lose your salvation. Oh my goodness. You're seriously going to be kept from going into the celestial kingdom because of a, of a soda. I think about that. I throw my cup away. Then we're in Walmart and the girls want to get this clearance shirt. It says something like less talky, more coffee. And if my girls had their way, we would have a coffee machine in the house and they would be percolating every single day. They love the smell of coffee. They love the taste of coffee. And they've tried coffee and I have too. And guess what? I love coffee. I would drink it too. I was raised around it. The aroma reminds me of my childhood. It makes me miss my grandma and grandpa. 
but we have been admonished not to drink it. It's against the word of wisdom. I don't understand why. Someday we will, but I will show my commitment. Here am I, send me. I will be committed. And so I I say, no, I'm not going to buy that shirt, even though, you know, it's $4 and it's just a sleep in, no big deal. But I always want to represent. What if I was wearing that and I went to the door and there was my bishop? I don't know. He can judge me and I'm not really drinking it, but I just want to always represent my best self. Oh, mom, you're so serious. It's just funny. You're not going to not go to the celestial kingdom just because you're wearing a shirt that says coffee on it. Okay. So then I pushed my grocery cart out to the out to the car and I'm unloading it and I realized that my purse was actually sitting on a cute pair of earrings that I wanted. Mom, it's already out here. You spend so much money on it. Who cares? Just just put it in the car. I turn around and I push the cart back into the store with the earrings still in it and leave it someplace where it can be put away. Oh my gosh, mom, you're so serious. Walmart makes billions of dollars. They're not going to miss a little tiny pair of earrings. Okay. I go get in the car. Someone cuts me off and we are at the next stop sign. Mom, flip that person off. They nearly got us in a wreck. You know, let them know that you're mad at them for driving stupid and they're such idiots. No, because I have accidentally cut someone off and I've had people flip me off and it doesn't feel very good. Even though it was a genuine mistake, I'm not going to do that. Just extend mercy. Oh my gosh, mom, they were idiots. They nearly killed us. You should let them know they're stupid. I'm like, where did I get these children that they want me to always do these things? So finally, after a full weekend of, oh, mom, you're just so perfect. You just such a goodie. You never do anything wrong. I turned and looked at them and I rattled off the list of things that they said, mom, you should do this. Mom, you should do that. Mom, you shouldn't take it so serious. Mom, lighten up a little bit. Mom, take a joke. And those are just a few examples. Sometimes their language is crass and they can be, I don't know, make fun of sexual things, like take body parts lightly. I'm kind of embarrassed by even admitting this, but they're teenagers and they are always trying to get my attention and shock me. They really don't know how many times I've been around the block. I know what I need to take lightly and and what I need to take seriously and not trample upon. But I turned and looked at them and I said, you know, if I went ahead and returned that shirt that I didn't feel right about, would Heavenly Father be pleased with me when he specifically spoke to my heart and said, no, but this isn't right. There's lots of times you return things, but this isn't right. Don't return that. You've worn it. It can't be repurchased. And when I was told, go ahead and get that refill on that soda. Heavenly Father isn't going to keep you from the celestial kingdom because you had another Diet Coke. Well, I didn't pay for that that other one. 
and you already got the refill cup, no, Heavenly Father knows. And I'm going to represent myself in the very best light. I'm not going to wear that coffee shirt. And I'm not going to drink that, that coffee, even though it was mistakenly given to me at the drive-thru. That great big frappuccino that we was handed to us at McDonald's and we thought it was our chocolate shake. Oh, mom, it was an accident. It's not your fault. No, if I gave in to every single time that you said, oh, mom, it's just a small thing. It all adds up. And in one day, I have a bunch of little tiny errors, lots and lots of little tiny sins that I knew better, but I did them anyway because, oh, they were just small. So stealing, flipping someone off, drinking coffee, all of these in just one day. I would, I would expect that you would expect of me that if I love the Father, I do always those things that please Him. For my birthday, we went around the table and we do this. This is our family tradition. We talk about the things that we love about the birthday person or funny memories of them. The greatest, greatest thing that I want to have ever said about me was the same thing that my mom said about my grandma Brockbank when she died. She never wavered. That exact word, wavered. I either do or I don't. Well, my son said to me, the one thing that I love about mom is that she does not waver in her testimony. And he used that word waver. He doesn't know that my mom used that same word toward my grandma when she died. She reflected quietly to herself, but out loud she said, she never wavered. And I knew in that moment that I wanted that to be said about me. So in those moments that my kids give me a hard time and they try to get me to do things that are, I don't know, I guess you could say of this world, I will not be. President Russell M. Nelson has called us to look unto Jesus Christ, that there is nothing easy or automatic about becoming such powerful disciples. Our focus must be riveted on the Savior and His gospel. It is mentally rigorous to strive to look unto Him in every thought. And Elder Clark says, rivet is a great word. It means to fasten firmly, to attract and hold completely, we rivet our focus on Jesus Christ and his gospel by living our covenants. So if I gave in to every little tiny, silly little whim that seemed small and non-circumstantial, would I be riveted? Would I be able to hold completely? Would I be a true disciple? Would I be keeping his covenants? When we live our covenants, they influence everything we do. And everything we say, we live a covenant life full of simple everyday acts of faith that focus us on Jesus Christ. Prayer from the heart in his name, feasting on his word, turning to him to repent of our sins, keeping his commandments, partaking of the sacrament, keeping his Sabbath day holy, worshiping in his holy temple as often as we possibly can. Becoming a disciple is automatic. 
Yes, it is mentally rigorous, but as I am challenged with these tiny little things from my teenage girls every single day, but I have already made the decision that I will be riveted, it is not to me rigorous. Even, even the prophet says it is mentally rigorous, but as you practice righteousness in every single transaction that you do throughout the day, It isn't mentally rigorous. It is who you are. If we rivet our focus on Jesus Christ, it is who we are. Elder Clark says it just is simply this. Line upon line, the Savior changes our very nature. We become more deeply converted unto him and our covenants come alive in our hearts. Could I have fallen temptation to every single one of those little tiny instances of my teenagers and be able to express my love right here for the Savior to you? I hope that through my words you believe me that my focus is riveted upon my Savior. And I hope that my teenagers become riveted someday. That the Sabbath just isn't another day to them. Oh my goodness, what's the big deal? It's just another day. as they walk in the door with something in their hand from the convenience store up the street and my heart is crushed. I think, no, I'm just going to pray for them. I can't do anything else about it. They're 18. They are making these decisions. I have taught them. They have been taught. As we focus our attention on our Savior, like I said, the prophet said that it's a mentally rigorous thing. It isn't so much when it truly becomes who you are, as Kim B. Clark said, it is alive in your hearts. Our covenants, he says, cease to be rules. We follow them. They become beloved and they inspire us and they guide us. And our focus just becomes riveted. He says, you make sacred covenants and covenants available to millions of Latter-day Saints are given to us every single week, the opportunity to renew them as we partake of the sacrament. I have made these sacred covenants. I do not want to take the sacrament lightly. It's fine. I'm just going to drink this frappuccino that was given to us for free on mistake, on an accident, and drink it on a whim and say, oh, well, I can take the sacrament this Sunday. This is not that big of a deal. Is that taking the sacrament seriously? I know that none of us are perfect, and even Elder Clark says sometimes we get stuck. We do get distracted. We do get discouraged. We do stumble. Oh, how I stumble. I stumble on things that could really be consequential 
they could really be big. So if I begin to stumble on the small things, pretty soon I'm stumbling on huge things. The analogy of the frog in warm water and then the heat is slowly turned up, that's exactly how we are. But if we look to Jesus Christ with a continuous repentant heart, he will help us say no, even to our very own family members. He will lift us up. He will cleanse us from sin. He will forgive us. He will heal our hearts. He is patient, loving, kind. He will give us our approval. He will give us his approval. And then when he gives us his approval, I know that we will feel more approval upon ourselves. We won't be so hard on ourselves. As he lifts us up, as he cleanses us from sin, we can feel it. I want to feel his redeeming love. He will help us live his commandments as we keep his covenants that we made with him. And he will help us magnify them. Elder Clark says, when divine light and power flows into our lives, three miraculous things happen. First, we can see. We can see the difference between gray areas of good and evil. And he helps us see. And we will be able to also see one another as he sees us. And I'm, I'm, I'm working on that with people that I struggle with in my life. I'm working on seeing them as our Father in Heaven and as our Savior sees them. I don't see everybody in the same way that they do, but I'm working on that. Second, we have access to priesthood power. We do whether we are sinning or not. We, we do have beautiful access to the priesthood power by blessings and having the priesthood in our home. What a wonderful thing that is. But for the opportunity to take the sacrament, being blessed by the ironic priesthood, those sweet little boys are giving that sacrament across the world. Millions of us and how grateful we should be that we get to partake. We get to be a part of bringing miracles about. And by being an example, we can help heal marriages and families and bring about miracles. And third, Jesus Christ goes with us. He goes where we go. When we teach, he teaches. When we comfort, he comforts. When we have to stand up to temptation, the Spirit speaks volumes to those who are listening. Oh, Mom. No, I will not. I know that is the Nephites were about to go to war and they bowed down to their knees and the Lamanites thought that was hilarious and they thought that they had conquered them. No, they first bowed down and then they rose up and went to battle. It's because 
they had the Savior with them. There are more that are with us than there are with them. Even if we had to face the day against billions of people and we stood alone, as long as we have the Savior with us, we still have more with us than they do with them. We have to have that faith. We have great cause to rejoice as we look unto Jesus Christ and live our covenants and stay riveted on him. So this morning as I was reading in 1 Nephi 20, verse 6, my father spoke to my heart, thou hast seen and heard all of this, and will ye not declare them? And that I have showed thee these things? Do this, which I have commanded you, and you will prosper. Be faithful and yield to no temptation. As I read that this morning and thought about my my full Saturday with my teenage girls and all the little things they mocked and laughed at me and tried to get me to do. In case one day you listen to this, my sweet girls, I just want you to know that I love you. And I tried really, really hard to be steadfast and stalwart. And I hope and pray that one day you can say about your mother that she never wavered. But I know that as I continue this podcast and these words are spoken to my heart, that it is of utmost importance that I declare them. And he says that thou hast seen and heard all of this, all these experiences that you've had, Shari, and will ye not declare them? Do this thing which I have commanded you. And there is the tugging on my heart. Therefore, in the middle of all that I have going on in my life, I am right here. And if you feel inspired by these words, please share them. And may we together bring just even one more person closer to Christ. Even if that means our teenage girls come unto Christ to be riveted. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode of Coaching Chaos. May you have a riveted day.